Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to the Disney Movie Marathon. Today's episode has been slightly reshuffled from my original plan. I recorded this episode last year, around the same time as I recorded episodes on the Disney Alice in Wonderland films for my other podcast, Ever Version Ever. Originally, I was thinking I would just re-release this here as part of the Alice in Wonderland series when I eventually get there, as I am trying to do the canon in order. However, my guests for this episode, Jenna West, Eli Sands, and Mark Brown, and I all wanted to do a follow-up to this podcast, talking about Walt next series after this one on Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and I didn't want to wait. So right now, with all the re-releases I have going on between where I am in the canon now, currently in the Disney wartime package film era, early 1940s, and where the original Alice in Wonderland film sits on the timeline, almost at the beginning of the Silver Age in the early 1950s, not to mention a not insignificant number of new episodes I have in the works on non-canon Disney films. I figured it might be the end of the year before I actually get to catch up to Alice in Wonderland, and I don't want to wait until next year to get to Oswald. Plus, this year is the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, which started with the Alice comedies, so I decided that this episode could skip the line. Hopefully next month we will also have our follow-up episode on the Oswald series, but we will definitely get to it very shortly. For now, enjoy my discussion with Jenna, Mark, and Eli on Walt Disney's very first series of theatrical shorts, The Alice Comedies. We'll first start with the first one, Alice's Wonderland, but we can fold that into just talking about the series as a whole. And I know Jenna probably has a lot of Alice-related trivia. <laughs> but I she... do have a tidbit for the first one you guys might be interested in. Okay. Have you ever sure. heard of Tommy Tucker's Tooth. Was it like a, not like a live action, like a puppet um, thing back in the 80s? Oh, it or was, 80s? No, no, no. Um, it, Walt actually, uh, because uh, right before the Alice comedies, he had another studio, Laughograms, and they were contracted by a dentist's office to create. Uh, okay. um, it, it's more of a live action film with like animation in it. It, it's almost like a PSA of like how to take care of your teeth and why it's important. So you got, you got this one kid who has great teeth and the other kid who has awful teeth and, uh, you know, shames the kid for having awful teeth and he doesn't get a job because of it. Got little acid demons pitch, you know, poking the tooth, making him get a toothache. So it's, <laughs> and it, in a way it was actually Walt's like first really big success. Um, so he got a lot of profit from it. And from the money he made making that short, he made Alice's Wonderland with the money from it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, is really, that is interesting. Laugh, laugh. Yeah. Yeah, those the laugh, the laughograms were uh, hired to make a commercial, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess it was to promote been... the dentist industry. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Like, because I watched it again in preparation for this, and I was like, you know, they don't actually say the dentist's office, so I'm not sure. <laughs> how this promoted them but Probably like Popeye with spinach yeah well you had to get something somehow to start that out those Alice comedies so that's not yeah but I, I think that's also part um, so if anyone's seen Alice's Wonderland it kind of ends very abruptly yeah well a lot of these end rather abruptly I mean true but I mean yeah. she's falling off a cliff and then it just ends well, actually, I was watching it on YouTube, and I saw that, that video where it just ends abruptly with her falling, but it, there was another person who uploaded uploaded the same episode, and 
it shows more of the ending after like she wakes up from the dream and starts telling her mom about it. So I don't think that's the actual yeah. ending. Huh. I don't know that version. Yeah, I found multiple versions of a bunch of these. And with this one, the one that I watched in full has her falling off the cliff and she wakes up as she's falling and she's like telling her mother what she's been dreaming. Yeah, you know what? Now I do remember that. Yeah, the version where they cut away as she's falling off down the cliff, I think that was in the bonus features on one of the Alice in Wonderland TV. Yeah, that's I how that I know was... that one. Yeah, well, that is weird. But like uh, Mark said, there is a longer version that ends in a different place, and that's the one I saw. I think it was on YouTube or something. Yeah. It was, yeah. And yeah. by longer, I mean like yeah. four seconds longer. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not it's not a very long scene. But it's a I don't know. Disney's very strange about that in regards to releasing these older shorts. They'll release bits and pieces of them. So yeah, the 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 one that's on the Alice um uh, oh, I forgot the DVD, but it, it's on the Blu-ray as well for Alice Wonderland. It ends very abruptly with her falling off the cliff. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, me neither. Maybe it was a mistake. <laughs> Maybe there was a version where that piece was cut and then they found another version that fell in the ending. That's what I guess. They probably found the long version after Disney's like, home video like found it and it was too late to add it. And, and so they, they just had the cut version for the bonus features, but they later found the longer version. Because uh, the quality of that version is very good. So I'm, it must be like a different copy. Yeah, the quality varied wildly between versions and shorts. It really does. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that. So what do you guys think of the first one? I thought it was fine, but I realized as I kept going that it was probably the most boring one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, I agree, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I guess I was... I've seen this before, but it's been so long that I'd kind of forgotten... And I was expecting a little bit more Alice in Wonderland related stuff. And this is basically, it takes the very vaguest premise of a girl falling asleep and having a dream about a crazy land and goes with that. But it doesn't take pretty much anything else from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm interested in the Alice colonies, but we're from an early Disney history than an Alice perspective because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed more like uh, um, just an introduction to the series of the girl coming to Walt Disney's office and looking looking mm-hmm. around all all the uh, animations that they're working on. One of my favorite um, um, scenes in that is in one of the what do you call it the cards where they they write the dialogue. It mentions something about like how everything that Alice saw that day made. It, it like makes a girl's heart flutter or something, something like that. And they were talking, they was like, you, you saw a uh, animation of like boxing cats and boxing dogs. I, I don't think that's the, the correct, what you mean by that's what it makes a girl's heart flutter. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was a very strange uh, specificness to it. Like, why not just a kid? Yeah. Why a little girl? Yeah. You know what? I My impression of that I watched that like recently in preparation for this. But yeah, like my impression of it, I don't, I don't think that uh, live action and animation uh, 
combined that often in those days. I think that was really rare when that was released. Well, there was a series called Out of the Inkwell, but it was kind of the opposite. Yeah, that's the other one I was thinking yeah, of as well. Yeah. Yes, yes. You're right about that. Yeah, it feels yeah. a little similar. It's similar, but there was, it wasn't like a live action person in an animated world. Yeah. I guess you could say it was kind of like the first half, right? So you got the characters coming out of the inkwell. Like you're animating the characters in the live action footage. Yeah, they sort of put a new twist on it by introducing, by showing the animator first and then showing the girl in the cartoon world afterward. So yeah. it, like, it might have been put the Out of the Inkwell series on its head in a new twist, which might have been why the Alice comedy was popular, because it was sort of like a new, a new twist. It was impressive, I think. I can see that. For yeah. the time, I doubt they'd seen much like it. It would have been a novelty. I feel even now it's pretty... Um... Interesting. Yeah. I feel like it's much harder to do, too, compared to mm-hmm. the other way around. I'm yeah. sure. One thing that I didn't realize about this series, but at least the you know the first few episodes of the series, is how much live action there is <laughs> compared to oh, like, yeah. like the later <laughs> episodes. There was. And with a lot of these, especially in later ones, I was getting like our gang vibes. Yeah, literally, I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our gang. I was, I was getting those vibes too. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it though. I, I feel like, um, it's very Walt. If you ask me, it feels like something. I, I don't know. It seems like something I was interested in. Yeah, like the mm. imagination of kids. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, he's in the first one. Yes, yeah. he's yeah, drawing he at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact: that was actually him. And yeah, that was an interesting. He's very camera. handsome. How old was he in that scene? That was uh, 26, I'm guessing. So he's 25. I thought he might have been in his early to mid 20s. Well, wasn't it filmed in like 1922, 1923? Okay, so it, 20, 20. it was finished 1923. So it's 21. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was young. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the other fun thing about this is so the first one was filmed in Kansas City and then he went out to LA because the Laughograms went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, and swag. he basically just had a reel of Alice's Wonderland and was shopping it around. And Winkler Productions was like, yeah, we'll take this. I, I think the Alice's Wonderland short wasn't distributed anywhere. It was just shopped around for. Yeah. The as a pilot, but it was never shown in theaters. Yeah, it wasn't released. Yeah, yeah. Then they started making other stuff like Alice, Alice's Day at Sea and Alice's Spooky Adventure and stuff like that. Which is a bit strange because it, it does like explain everything and it's perfectly fine. It's The animation is great. Yeah, it was, I, I, it was longer than usual, though. Was it like a 10-minute cartoon or something? The one I watched was 12. 12. I don't see why they couldn't take out like the beginning stuff. Yeah, because that did feel a little out of place compared to the rest of it. But it does, I guess it does sort of explain why she's dreaming all this stuff. Because she went and saw this fantastical animation studio where animation is actually alive, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't see why they, they didn't, they couldn't like reuse it to actually release it as one of the cartoons. But yeah, they, they didn't. Mm-hmm. It was a pilot. 
especially when they could put so much work into animating that thing. And like, it was an impressive technical feat. Yeah, heck, there's even some stop motion in it. Like her socks are rolling up and down. Oh yeah. You know, it's like yeah, right. yeah. So it's why not? But I, I guess they maybe they thought they could do better. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm not think though. So I'm I'm not as invested in it in its storyline like the others. So maybe that's what you know. Maybe Walt was like, eh. Yeah. It's okay. It could be better though. It is very random. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree that it got it got better in later in later shorts. It was actually like some of my favorite Alice comedies were released like two two or three years later after after that one. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I like Spooky Adventure in the Wild West show. Yeah, yeah. They actually they got better at it. I think you could tell mm-hmm. they were improving their storytelling skills as it went. Yeah. And some, some budget, too. So it's because they, oh, they yeah. found, yeah, they got a producer. Yeah, once that pilot was over. <laughs> yeah. Margaret yeah. Winkler, right? Yeah, yeah. Margaret Winkler. Margaret Winkler, yeah. So that, that's pretty unusual to hear about a woman in yeah. business then. She's very yeah. important in animation history. And one thing I was interested to know, she lived a long life. Like, she died in the 90s. She was, like, in her 90s. So, like, mm, uh, wow. I always wondered if anyone ever, like, inter- interviewed her about, like, the olden days of animation or whatnot. But I couldn't find anything. Oh, oh that's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, I would have loved to see an interview with her in those days. Yeah, yeah I didn't think to look that up. Yeah. Um, at some point, didn't her husband take over or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a like after, at the same time that he made that deal with Walt Disney to distribute the Alice comedy. He was like Charles Charles Mintz was his fiance, and Charles Mintz became the producer of the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon. He's the one who stole so he, Oswald from Walt. He yeah, oh. infamously, infamously, he stole that character from Walt, which was why Walt changed the rules when he created Mickey Mouse that he would have ownership of the character no matter who distributed it. That was why he was able to do that because he did it because he was basically stabbed in the back by Charles Mintz. Yeah. And, and he got like he most of his animators too. He's like, yeah. well, if you don't, like, if you don't agree, then I, I could do it without you. I got your animators. It's Don Booth. Yeah. I think Don Don Booth. Booth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's the pre-Don Booth, Don Booth, like, <laughs> like, really like yeah, the OG. Animation <laughs> is yeah. a cutthroat industry. Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rudolph Ising and uh, Hugh mm-hmm. Harmon, and I think Chris Freeling might have also been one of the people who worked for Walt Disney, but switched to Charles Mintz. And like, Ub Iwerks was like the only animator who like stayed with Walt before Ub Iwerks went away and started his own studio too. That was later, though. Yeah, it was yeah. first year basically. Yeah. Which, but we might as well, as, as long as we mentioned Ub Iwerks, I believe he did most of the animation still. So, like, didn't he do like all the animation for like Plain Crazy for Mickey Mouse? Yes, he did all the animation for Plain Crazy. And he was like, and it was like really impressive. Like, uh, and like Ub Iwerks was really good at animating inanimate objects. He was like very good at shapes and like, and so he was very like capable of doing all that crazy plain stunts. And you can see it. You can see his work in the Alice comedy, so you can you know bring it back a little bit. You, you can see like the way the perspective is in some shots and how consistent it is, because he was like really amazingly talented at, like you said, animating inanimate objects and kind of yeah, I think keeping 
keeping a perspective, whereas other cartoons at the time just went, you know, they didn't care. It didn't matter. Right. Well, I think that was why Walt Disney promoted up I was one of the top animators by the time Mickey Mouse came around because he knew how good he was during the Alice comedy. Yeah. I think, uh, didn't he originally mean for it to be a partnership between him and iWorks? It, yeah, it was. It was kind of, I think it was called the Disney iWorks studio, and they changed that because it sounded like a glasses shot iWorks. So, like, it, yeah, like it, iWorks does sound like glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was they, literally a glasses I, company, yeah, called iWorks. Yeah. yeah, and they didn't like that, so they didn't call it that. I think, like, yeah. Interesting, yeah. but yeah, but um, I, like I said, he eventually left Disney because he thought Walt Disney was hogging all the glory, and he wanted up. I wanted more credit, so he decided to form his own studio later. Yeah, yeah, which fair enough to him. Um, I would seen. I actually haven't explored much of his later stuff. I think after that, he um he came back to Disney, right? After after that didn't pan out. I think you're so. Right, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. He did go back. He 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 created Flip the Frog. Flip the Frog is probably his most famous creation. But that's the, I remember I Flip. Yeah, but that's a character that not people outside of the animation circle don't really know that much about him because even back then he wasn't that popular. And so after that, then he, he I think he went back to Disney after that. And but he didn't animate anymore. He did. He started doing special effects and working on movies like uh, the the Darby O'Gill and the Little People and stuff like that. Mm. so it's um it's kind of you know in a way i feel like alice's comedies are definitely like waltz brain like the he's like this is my idea because he's always had a fascination with like the alice stories and Mm -hmm. um the idea Mm -hmm. of having a live action girl in an animated wonderland would continue on later but i think you could say it's a showcase of of skills though yeah this was the first time I've watched them, and they're, they're definitely a lot better than I expected them to be overall. Isn't yeah, it crazy know, yeah. to think about next year is going to be the 100th anniversary of Alice's Wonderland? Yep. Isn't that nuts? D23, I didn't even think so. Oh, yeah. That, but yeah. 2023, wow. 23, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we're, oh, we're about to celebrate the 100th year of the Disney Cup because that's also yeah. the, when the Disney Brothers studio started. Yeah. Disney yeah. was founded in 2023. Yeah, it's a lot. so it's literally the hundredth anniversary. It's gonna be gonna be cool. Because... This is very timely, Jonathan. I'm sure you did this yeah. on purpose, right? <laughs> I, I, no, I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> oh, Virginia Davis, the little girl. What do you think of her? She was good. I think of all the um, all the girls. I think she was the best or like I I, I could see her as Alice yeah. and maybe it's because maybe just because of the episodes I've seen the 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 ones with her in it there were just a lot more for her to do and um, yeah. I just thought she brought something to the role and I think she's the name that people remember when they think of Alice from these series I thought she had great facial expressions yeah well I actually liked her so much it was like I'm going to California I've got a producer come with us and her family's like, okay. okay. I was going to ask how that worked. Cause you said they yeah. moved and she yeah. stayed in the shorts. So that's interesting. It's- she moved out to LA. Hi, my name is Walt Disney. I don't have much success yet, but I'm moving to the West. Y'all want to come? Sure. <laughs> the rest was I, believe, I believe later when she grew up, um, she actually worked in the ink and paint department for Disney. Oh. Oh, interesting. Uh, and she, she did some 
She looked at she did some live action reference work for Snow White huh. later. I know she so, lived a long life. She was like ninety, I think, when she passed away. Yeah, she lived a while. Um, she didn't really get any recognition for her work with Disney until like the very towards the end of her life. Hmm. Yeah, I think she's an official Disney legend, right? I think she yeah, got that. She got to be a legend she... before she died. Yeah. Okay. So, but you know, it's kind of weird though, isn't it? Like you help jumpstart this company and you don't really get any nobody really like remembers you until like mm-hmm. yeah then yes. later like oh yeah you were a part of it <laughs> that's, <laughs> you a legend. that's life i guess <laughs> yeah it is uh, I, th- I feel like that happened to several people from the early days that they just kind of got forgotten about until somebody later on realized like yeah they deserve more recognition than they've gotten yeah that, that did happen a lot and I feel that's the importance of um, historians. I think that's what we as historians um, mm-hmm. do best. We're able to like look, uh, back. look back and see right. who did what and who should yeah. have been more recognized or whatnot. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if there were any film historians like around in those days because film was just starting out. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not history. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's like saying if there's a TikTok historian, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, wow, that would be that would be oh, strange. No. You know, there will be someday, though. There'll be papers on it. That, that is kind of what I find fascinating about historians. Nah, I say nice. I say that as being kind of one myself. You know, nice. you, mm-hmm. when you're living it, you don't really see the need to preserve it or recognize yeah. people. Oh yeah, you don't have to tell the studio executive that because they do not care about preserving film at all. Mm-hmm. We aren't have to like we aren't have to convince them to do that. Like yeah. yeah. Can you imagine how much digital lost media we have now? Like how many TikToks get deleted before they're downloaded by somebody? Oh my God. This be, yeah. I never this even be some brilliant thought about that. Because that happened a lot in early film. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of films just got left in the dust. And we Sadly. think now, like, oh. why didn't they preserve them? <laughs> it's the oh, same thing. Yeah. I, I, I write about film history all the time, so I, I, I yeah. hear about a lot of films that are just, like, gone completely because no one thought to preserve them, or because they got lost in a fire or something, or because... Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Didn't that happen to a lot of laughograms um, that they're just gone? Yeah. Well, I know even a lot of these Alice comedies are missing. Yeah, I read there was 16 completely lost and one partially lost. There's one that's in a Danish film archive. I know this was my old partner, Sam from Curious Hero Archive, got Alice's Spanish guitar from them. Hmm. Um, So there's a few that are like in archives. Yeah. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they're they haven't been like transferred. Yeah, I ha- I haven't seen Alice's Spanish guitar. I so, I, so I I couldn't find that when I was looking for it. But it does exist. It exists. Yeah. So you, you got a few that are out there, and they're just hard to find. Yeah. Treasure hunt. Because <laughs> you you have to like pay the archive money to get a copy of it. That's interesting. It's the I Film Museum. If anyone's interested, they, they have they have a lot of good stuff. They have the nineteen, the lost nineteen fifteen through the Looking Glass too. Where is it, Denmark? Denmark is it Denmark? I don't know. It's it's somewhere in Europe. Okay. <laughs> I remember you talking oh, about very that. Useful. The, the through the yeah. Looking Glass. Yeah. Were you guys ever able to get a copy of that? 
no one was really interested in helping us out for it. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, that's I mean, kind not of the that way... it was that great, but it still would have been interesting to see. Well, they um, originally when we got in contact with them, we, there was someone who's like the historian over there who was like really interested in like let's do a whole film restoration of this film, including like the Wonderland portion, because we have the Wonderland portion too, and it might it might be an earlier cut, you know, mm-hmm. with scenes that were cut out later. And I was like, yes, totally. Um, but then she never got back to us. <laughs> it's like, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Too bad. And then the Lewis Carroll Society didn't care, so that that was fun. Um, and nobody, <laughs> nobody ever takes film history seriously. It's frustrating. It, it is really frustrating because, uh, well, it's like uh, over a hundred. You know, and this I'm going. It's off topic, but it's over a hundred years old, and it's like it's not gonna, you know, survive forever, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's still so bizarre to me. Like, I know we've talked about in the past about the Lewis Carroll Society. They don't really care too much about the adaptations. That seems so backwards to me. Like, you'd think that they would, you'd think that they would be the ones who would care the most. It actually, it's, it happens in a lot of literary societies, not, not just Alice, uh, because I've had other people like from, um, I forgot what they're called, the Aussians. You know, people are into Oz. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, like, uh, because there, there are so many annotations out there, and people just don't care. Like they'll love this, they'll love the book, and they're just like, eh, whatever. And um, you don't get that as much for for like early Disney stuff, because you get people out there who do care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I feel like it's it's still a little damaged sometimes. Like like for instance, you have that we know of at least one short that's in an archive that's just hard to find. There might be more out there. Uh, Disney makes it hard to find too because they're kind of copyrighted, but not confusing. Um, yeah, I was, yeah, I thought they were in public domain at one point. Technically, yeah, they're public domain, but they make it very. Do you remember when they quote unquote bought the rights to Oswald? And oh yeah, that's, Basically, yeah. yeah, and that's how all the newspapers were framing it. But really, they there were no rights to Oswald to purchase. It, it was public domain. Oh, so, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it was, but I feel like they purposely phrased it that way so people wouldn't be like, "Oh, a free character we can use," you know. So it's I don't know, it's confusing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's. I think what actually happened was they bought like the film reels or something to the Oswald cartoons. Uh, oh, okay. But it's public domain. So that's able to put them on DVD. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then Disney doesn't really help with like making them more accessible. Because mm-hmm. yeah, there's still so much old archive. stuff that's not even on Disney Plus yet, which is yeah. a bit frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I wanted to find these on Disney Plus, but you have to like. I don't think they'll ever be on Disney Plus. Far and wide. Yeah, they're, they're too well, focused on Star Wars and Marvel right now. <laughs> Yeah. Like not even exactly. all the Mickey Mouse cartoons are on Disney Plus. Yeah. Only very select ones. Yeah. Not even the entire Disney canon is there. I think is no. it Make My yeah. Music that's missing. Yeah, yeah, Make My Music yeah. is still missing. It's like yeah. okay, um, just take out the scene you have a problem with. Then, Jeez, you know, just come on. <laughs> and you don't even yeah. have to do that. I mean, put, you uh, could put two put, versions, but like or they already have warnings on a bunch of them. 
like just yeah, put like a strong warning. And now they've yeah. got yeah. they've they've put in the parental guidance so that they can have the more explicit Netflix Marvel stuff. So now they've got that. Yeah. So why can't they do that? Yeah. But I don't even get Make My Music because they already released it on like DVD with the uh, oh what's it called the Hatfields and McCoys. They already mm-hmm. they've Martin's already released yeah. it without that segment. So what what well, the problem? I was thinking the same thing. They already had a version without that, mm-hmm. and, but so why are they why are they releasing uh, Peter Pan with the uh, content warnings, but they're not releasing uh, Make My Music with like cutting the offensive stuff out? Like it, it sort of seems like an inconsistent policy. I think it's Another more thing that, that there really, doesn't seem to oh, be. Um, sorry, no. I think it's more. Sorry, like, no, no, go ahead. It's that they don't feel there's a demand for it, so they're not in any rush to do it. I feel it's more. Well, that's that really we, frustrating. Oh, there's no demand. Well, see, that's what I assumed it was the reason why there are so many cartoon shorts made by Disney that aren't on Disney Plus because there are a ton that are missing. There are a ton that are missing, and most I of imagine, them are missing. Yeah, most of them are. They don't have a lot, and I yeah. imagine. That it was because of what Mark is saying that there's probably not any demand because they're trying to like cater to Marvel fans and stuff like that. Exactly. And so that's a priority. It's not that's not meant Disney Plus isn't meant for like Disney historians or Disney completionists. It's more meant just for the modern the person. Yeah. It, yeah. But it, no, it wouldn't hurt them for anything. They have like a section of Disney Plus for the history nerds. Yeah, I mean, it's just sitting in their vaults. Why yeah. not? It, we got, we got the Disneyland TV show. We got Wonderful World of Disney. You know, uh, Wonderful World of Color. Yeah. There's so many things that they yeah. could just put least, on there for us. At least for me, I don't think they even need to do much restoration on them. I'd I'd watch oh. them if it was kind of grainy footage. Like it's still interesting. Yeah. Well, like I'm friends with a lot of people who are into like. Disney's live action movies. And I think someone said in one of our Discord chats that it's been over a year, probably a year and a half, I think, since one of Walt Disney, any one of Walt Disney's live action films was released to Disney Plus. They have, they have, um, some of them are definitely missing from Disney Plus, and I don't think they'll ever be put up. Um, yeah. In particular, it's not okay. Walt area, but. Walt era, but I wanted to show like my friend something wicked this way comes because I was like, this is like really weirdly dark for a Disney movie, and I want you guys to see it. And I was like, oh, it's not on Disney Plus. I'm gonna go have to hunt it down. You know, like <laughs> that's a pretty good one. And, yeah, and Walter in the Woods, I think, is also not on Disney Plus, which is the other one I wanted to show them. That's also pretty that's, good. That's pretty yeah. scary. That's like the scariest Disney movie, I think. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know. Yeah. It, they are Disney movies, so it's yeah. like, why, you know, you got your content warning there. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I, th- I think it's just demand. It's, no one's begging them, or not enough people are begging them to put them on yet, so they're not rushing to do it. I think they're too yeah. worried about their public image. So Peter Pan is okay. Peter, in, Peter Pan in general hasn't been re- really canceled, which no. is weird because people cancel so many things, but meanwhile, Peter Pan has a lot of stuff in it, like, you know, the Indian village and it's been um, it's been criticized a lot, but yeah, I guess it's it been criticized. Been but you know, like said, people yeah. love the story; they're not mm-hmm. going to cancel it. I, yeah, well, like Tinkle Bell has her own like straight to video series of movies. It's like it's kind of hard to erase it when you've got so many people talking about. And, and Peter Pan is a popular story too, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to 
cancel it because if you try to cancel it, it's not going to say cancel the Peter Pan. I just think it's very hypocritical. I'm not saying we should cancel Hey Peter Pan, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, y'all want to cancel Song of the South, even though we, you know, we there are good parts of Song of the South. Yeah. So I, if you're gonna do a broad brush, be consistent. Well, that's what I was talking about when I said that they're inconsistent. They're being inconsistent yeah. with what they do. Sometimes. Yeah, but Peter Pan's okay because people still like Peter Pan. <laughs> right. If if they didn't, we he'd be gone. Whatever makes money. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever makes yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. Whatever makes money. Yeah, it does. There's no demand for Song of the South. That's thing. Especially now that they're redoing Splash Mountain as um Princess and the Frog. So that'll be the last remnant of Song of the South. Yeah. yeah I'm actually, a bit sad about that, but fair. sign of the times. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I mean, but, like, as long as they keep watching, like, yeah, I guess. Like, if they don't try to overhaul Splash Mountain's core concept of riding a log down like water then I'm okay with it, but that, but that's just me. Well, you know, they're, they're, uh, they've taken out like Zippity Doodah out of the like music loop. Right, that's, that's a classic. That's yeah. a classic song. No, we're canceling Zippity Doodah. No, it's gone. That, I don't, I don't mind them canceling Song of the South, but like Zippity Doodah made me angry. Like, don't get rid of Zippity Doodah. That's, that's classic. Uh, it's like, you know, there's no consistency with these people. Yeah, but Disney, Disney do. itself is very inconsistent with things like uh oh like the way they like release movies like altered or um or one thing yeah. I wanted was like I actually like do you remember when they added like scenes to like the Disney Renaissance movies and the platinum edition oh, yeah, yeah. like the yeah. human again mm-hmm. to Beauty and the Beast yeah Morning I report. yeah I don't like Morning Report or Human <laughs> Again but I really like If I Never Knew You being added to Pocahontas. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I feel like they should have never taken that out. Um, so I really I liked that. that. I don't normally like it when they add stuff, but I didn't mind that one because I did like that, like, if I never knew you song, like, it, I thought it added a lot to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, it was taken out pretty late from what I understand. But anyway, so, but I can't get that. They're not offering that anymore in, like, the highest definition. Uh, the highest quality I could get that is the DVD version that it was released on. Oh, interesting. I, they, I, I don't know why they don't just offer, like, when you click the movie, you can just pick a version to watch, like you could with the DVD. Like, you that'll have just all con- of these versions. Just confuse just all the, 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 the people nowadays, <laughs> the young kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Disney is just extremely frustrating. I also wanted the extended version of bed on some broomsticks because i like the extra stuff yeah uh but they don't offer that anymore that and happiest millionaire those are the two movies that i watched the long versions of yeah what's extended uh, about bed and broomsticks i wonder if i have that because i've got that on blu-ray there's a lot more um sequences oh, it's there's, not on blu-ray there's um, um not on the blu-ray portobello road goes on for like 10 minutes uh, oh, okay. There's a song. Really seen it then. There's a song with a flare that's missing. I love with the flare so much. It's my favorite that, part. That, it's mine, mine well, too. that sounds familiar. With a uh, flare. It's on the soundtrack. Uh, like you hear it in the back, in the okay. background of the movie. Basically, it's. We've really gotten off track, but it's <laughs> Professor Brown. Uh, it's Professor Brown demonstrating what a con man he is, and I love it. It's hilarious, but it's not in the theatrical cut of the movie. I think it adds so much. Was it on a VHS? But, no. 
What did they play it on Disney Channel? They had it on the soundtrack, so you might have heard it on the on a soundtrack or something. It's on one of the DVDs. So familiar. Familiar. I feel like I've seen it. Yeah, it's it's on DVD. Uh, and then uh, they have the song Eglatine sings. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's not a very good song, but when Professor Brown leaves, oh yeah, uh, yeah I know you're talking. And the children are supposed to, children are supposed to go, you know. So she's like more. I, I guess she's wistful. I don't know how to describe it. I like there's um, more scenes of the Rodney McDowell. Yeah, you know, it's kind of. I, I could see why they cut it, but I prefer the extended version because that's the one I watched when I first saw it. Um, so it's like, I would like to send a version in higher quality, but I can't because mm-hmm. um, they don't offer it. But anyway, so I love you, Disney, but please, I just, I want to give you my money to watch things, things more easily and you won't do it. Yeah. Take my money. Give <laughs> me Alice comedies <laughs> on Disney Plus. But anyway. Um, Maybe now we should go to Alice's Spooky Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, well, before um, we get really to like that, th- there oh, was a couple good. of things I want to talk about in uh, the yeah. first one. <laughs> the one thing that I thought was, I don't know, cute, uh, charming was the the title cards. I liked how things were phrased. Like I wrote down a couple of them: Little yeah. Alice, chuck full of curiosity, pays her first visit to a cartoon studio. I don't know, just the the phrase "chuck full." I feel like that's definitely trying to be a reference to the book, Alice. Like, there's a reason why we named her Alice. She's curious. Oh. That Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also liked her saying, I would like to watch you draw some funnies. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, probably the 20s, those were, that would then made a lot of sense. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then... I, I just feel like I need to mention the scene with the reception committee because that scene was parodied in one of my favorite recent animated series over the garden wall. And the oh, parody really? is like spot on amazing. Like the, the whole oh, yeah. style of the episode changes into the style of this cartoon. And it's, I not, didn't know that. Oh yeah. It's really good. I love that episode. It's, like if you haven't seen Over the Garden Wall, you need to see Over the Garden Wall. It is. I've seen it in a few years. Oh, so I, can't, I can't remember what you're referring to. Okay. Yeah, I, I need to. I watched it, but I need to rewatch it now after yeah. you said that. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, my cousin Sarah does. Like, she doesn't watch a whole lot of modern animation, but she watched this, and it's one of her favorite things. Like, we did a whole, like, full at least two hour podcast on over the garden wall because there's so much historical reference stuff in it that she's like totally into Mm. like that's one of my favorite episodes that we've made because over the garden wall is amazing and there's so so much you can talk about in it and each episode is like only 10 minutes yes and they pack so much into those 10 minutes well i have to check that out Oh yeah, it's it's good. We were just talking yesterday about we need to watch Over the Garden Wall again. We need to have a, an autumn themed party <laughs> and watch Over the Garden Wall. <laughs> Jonathan North watch party. <laughs> but I also wanted to see what you guys thought because in that scene, something about it reminded me of I don't know if you've seen this. There's a Wizard of Oz cartoon from 1933. 
and there's like a parade scene in it. And I didn't know if you guys had even seen that cartoon uh, to be able to say if this felt like that cartoon or not. I don't remember that cartoon. Okay. I don't think it was a car. It's not a cartoon that like any, most people know about. I'm not sure that it was ever even released because there was like a lot of legal complications when it was first made. So it's kind of one of those unreleased cartoons that have only just recently, I mean, probably not recently, recently, because I like, I made a video about it several years ago. But but, you mean like decade, like it wasn't released. It wasn't released at the time, but it was rediscovered at some point and that now it's kind of out there, but it's still not very popular. It's not that great. And it's not a good adaptation <laughs> of Wizard of Oz to begin with. Like there's so much no, weird no, additions that it's hardly Wizard of Oz. The only 20s Wizard of Oz thing I'm familiar with is the live action movie. Well, this is 33. Uh, so it's uh, not 20s, but it's in that vague area of time, I guess. I haven't huh. heard of it. I'll have to check it out. No, I haven't seen it. It's not that great, but it's kind of interesting from a historical perspective. Yeah. But the parade scene in that reminded me of the reception committee. It could have just been me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that that was, I, I feel like that was a very, like, tropey thing at the time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there, was, there, was, there was that, that kind of thing did show up in a few things. Yeah, it wasn't... It, you ever see Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland? That's on my list to eventually do. I do want to see that. That's an movie. 80s movie, in but 80s, it's yeah. based off it's like based, a, a 1910s a 20s, comic strip. Yeah, or an early comic strip. That went on to the 20s, yeah. They're yeah. making a new and, Netflix mm-hmm. show, I think, based on it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, good. with like Key, Key from Key and Peele. Huh. So um, I don't know too much about that, but they kind of have a welcome parade for Nemo when he comes. So I, I feel like yeah. it's, it's a very tropey thing at yeah. the time. Yeah. I remember a lot of yeah. parades in old cartoons. They America, like their parades. America had more to parade yeah. about. <laughs> they had more to parade about. It was pre-World War II. They, they weren't that sad yet. <laughs> <laughs> You saw like parades in Looney Tunes. You saw parades in Silly Symphonies. Like, yeah. There was even a movie called The Big Parade, and that yeah. came out in the funny. Yeah. <laughs> There's a cartoon we're going to talk about later called Alice's Little Parade, but it's a different type of parade. Yeah, I was going to mention. I was going to mention that when we get to the. <laughs> I can't wait! I can't wait. And actually, I was going to mention too. Speaking of Little Nemo. The original title of this was Alice in Slumberland, which ties back to the original Nemo cartoon, which was Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. That actually would make a lot more sense to me than Wonderland. Yeah, because yeah, she falls asleep and yeah. it's her dream. I'm guessing there was... Well, it's like it's not legality. obvious enough. <laughs> I guess Slumberland <laughs> might have been copyrighted at that time, yeah. It could have been. To yeah, associate Nemo. It said working title, so it's not like that title got very far in the process. Because at this time, Nemo yeah, was very popular still. Yeah. Yeah. So it was probably a reference to that specifically. Yeah. She's like, I need you guys to understand why I named her Alice, though. It's not <laughs> obvious enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you said, there's cartoons. Nothing like Alice in Wonderland, the Lewis Carroll story, but let's call her Alice and let's call this Wonderland and let's do it anyway. 
And I just, I just need you guys to understand what I'm doing here. That's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it ended up not being released anyway. It was never called out. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. That didn't matter. Yeah. Okay, now we can move on to Alice the Spooky Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, the most significant part, I think, is um, well, okay, actually, we should probably mention this is when the live action gets like characters and yeah. um, it's more involved. I, I kind of, I love the R gang vibes because mm-hmm. she gets friends and um, they show up again and they kind of have their own, they have their own traits and storylines. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And she's very, uh, like, it's very almost like a feminist. Uh, she's very tomboy. Very tomboyish. I, got that, and I like, got that too. Yeah. She did a lot yeah. of things that you and, wouldn't and, really expect a little girl of that time yeah. to do. In the 20s to do, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Feisty and spunky, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, she's spunky. She's like, I'm going to go in the house then, cowards. cowards. You know? <laughs> I'm in charge here. Or Tubby and, O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tubby O'Brien. No, I Tubby that. O'Brien. <laughs> Tubby is a very interesting character, I think. He gets he's he's actually you know, you see him, you're like, oh, it's the fat kid character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. He, he actually is pretty prominent in the shorts. So that's one thing that I didn't realize about these shorts when I watched this is how many other kids there were in these shorts besides just Virginia Davis. There's all these other mm-hmm. kids, and who knows what happened to them? Are they still alive? Or yeah, I I don't know anything about them. I don't know if they ever got any recognition for their what uh, they did. Probably not. I don't know their names. I don't I don't remember which one, but I know one of the kids had a had a clickable wiki page, and he was in like hundreds of movies or shorts. Uh, so oh, and, yeah. that's cool. And I don't know about all the rest of them. I just know that one of their names was clickable. So somebody got recognition. There we go. Yeah, but what did he get recognition for being in early Disney? That's the question. Oh, probably not by the Disney company. Just one of those things. Trivia page. Yeah. I like this short when she goes in the haunted house and, you know, they say spooks are living there. And then, like, it doesn't take much for them to try to persuade the audience this house is haunted. It's just empty and there's like, Literally nothing else that seems haunted about it. <laughs> There's a box yeah. that stopped motion, but it turns out it was a cat inside it. Yeah. Like nowadays, I do like the... nowadays you have like cobwebs and uh, a dark <laughs> atmosphere or something. Back then it's just, hey, this house, no one lives here. It's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the cobwebs wouldn't pick up. I don't know. Yeah, could be. One thing I wanted to mention before we get too far out in the scene with the kids playing baseball, one of the kids had a birdcage for a helmet. Oh, I, I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's that oh, kind nice. of attention to detail that I think really makes, I, I feel like it really shows how invested Walt was in these early ones mm-hmm. where you could see his attention mm-hmm. to detail and things like that. Are you thinking a kid wants like a helmet? He can't find a helmet. Birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> well, Walt, Walt Disney always went all out, like in the creativity department. So. You could tell how invested he was in these mm-hmm. shorts at first. There's a lot of care. Yeah, he, a lot of care. He really wanted them to be entertaining. Uh, Birdcage would make people laugh. 
And I, I feel like there's also a lot of like, uh, I, I feel like Walt was really good at, you know, remembering childhood. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm thinking of, for instance, like his later movie, like movies like Pollyanna, you see the kid like putting a, a penny on the railroad track and seeing it run over by the train. And I mean, that's something kids would always wonder, like what would happen if you did that? And, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. You know, of course, Haunted House, what would happen if you went in the Haunted House? Yeah. I really like it. I don't know. <laughs> he, yeah. He was in touch with his inner child. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throughout his whole life, probably. Like, yeah. I think that's why his films are so, I don't like the word relatable, but I mean, everyone can they are resonate relatable. with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, he always said that he did things for the young and the young at heart. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah, yeah. adults get a kick out of it because they're like, I remember wondering mm-hmm. about that as a kid or thinking that. So I feel like that's a really nice part about these Alice comedies that you don't realize you're going to get. You think you're just going to get like early cartoons. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I had only seen the first one, so I just assumed that the rest of them were like that, and I was pleasantly surprised that a lot of these were way better than the first one. <laughs> yeah. No, mm-hmm. that said, it does get it does. It, you can tell he lost interest later. Yes, that <laughs> is Walt's fault. Yeah. He loses interest. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening yeah. to a podcast about Disney history, and it's kind of interesting when he's working on something, and the person doing the podcast will say, "But by this time, Walt was in. Walt was interested in this other thing, yeah. <laughs> and he left yeah. it up to that, his animators to work on this other thing that they were." That always happens. That always yeah. happens. Was, Story of his life. At, yeah, it's like he hated doing ordinary things. He always liked to innovate. That was his thing. He always wanted to innovate, and if he wasn't innovating, then he was bored. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that's why he was successful. He kept going for new things. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why he made like Fantasia three years after he made Snow White. When those movies are completely different from each other, it's like wait, you're gonna go from a fairy tale about a princess to a like a classical music concert, like and it's like because it was different than new. That's mm-hmm. what he liked. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you see that in the Alice colonies because when you think about it, for Tommy Tucker's too, he was doing purely cartoons. He wasn't doing live action. Oh yeah. So I, I feel like in Tommy Tucker's Tooth, maybe you got a taste of, you know what? I think I like, I like a little bit of live action, combining it with animation. What would happen if I go further with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's what brought the Alice comedies. Then he got bored and was like, uh, what if I just do a, <laughs> do a rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be easier. Yeah. You could, well, you could tell that he was sort of like eventually getting distant from live action and more towards animation, even in the Alice shorts, you could tell because yes. Alice's role in Alice shorts was shrinking the further it went. Mm-hmm. And yeah. more on Julius, Julius the Cat and Pete the Bear were getting more of the focus. Speaking of which, Spooky Adventures, when we first meet Julius. I wondered if it was supposed to be the same cat throughout all these. Yeah. yeah. On the wiki page, it talked about Julius the cat, but I didn't know if this was supposed to be Julius here or if this was just a random cat. Yeah, I think yeah. he was meant to be a random cat, but I guess they really liked him. And there was, was supposed to be sort of a thing on Felix the cat. That's why he looks so familiar, like Felix. <laughs> yeah, I, I do wonder how inspired by Felix they were. Yeah, I think it was, it was their jab at it, I think. I feel like Felix's design showed up in a lot of studios. 
Did they always like yeah. changed it a little bit, but it was like they were kind of copying each other's work. Yeah. That, that's pretty much the history of animation right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's just a bunch of copying. Well, Margaret Winkler distributed Felix the Cat cartoons, I think, and she ended when she got uh, out of distributing Felix the Cat and started working with Walt Disney, he might have been the one who suggested, hey, can you get a cat in the cartoon because, of, because mm. that will be successful. That, that might have been because of her that they got joyous. Hmm. Right, I'm not sure when Charles Mintz became involved. When, when did he get involved? Charles Mintz, yeah. I, I think Charles Mintz got involved. I know he, I, I'm not sure, but I know that he was involved when he started Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. That was 1927. Yeah. I think he got, he did get involved with the Alice comedies at some point. I'm just not sure when. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're so knowledgeable. But, let, yeah. me, let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, but like but I know that yeah, like you said, Charles Mintz took over from Margaret Winkler for some reason. And like yeah, one thing about I don't know if I want to jump right to the end of this episode, but I found it really both hilarious and interesting that it ends with her getting arrested and put in jail. Yeah, with that a, was kind of out of left field. With a yeah, with a ball chain tied to her foot. Yeah, yeah. it's like escalated. Like, wow, like that. That sure went. Like, that that went places. And then the, the, the final saying it said, "Isn't it the truth? A woman always pays." I'm like, is that like a saying that was back then? I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw that. I don't know if my copy that I watched didn't see that. I saw a Danish version or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what it was. There were several versions online. I watched, I think I watched two different versions. One was in another language that I wasn't sure what it was saying. And then I found another version, but they were both of very different qualities. One was very clear and the other one was like, very grainy and hard to watch like in the in the scene where she wakes up you have in the cartoon land the cat is like messily kissing her hand which was weird and then when she wakes up there's a live action cat licking her hand but in the one copy you couldn't even see the cat it was so blurry well you know i was watching with my friend and i was like oh she's engaged now he proposed to her (laughs) Uh, it's Frank. He's coming back. It, it didn't seem that way. It was a weird scene. It was a yeah. very weird scene. Well, she acts all codish, like, oh yeah, yeah. No, the, you did. You could tell that the cat loved the uh, Alice in some of the. They, he was sort of like the romantic lead yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think he just served whatever right, part they needed. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah it depended on the. One other thing that I noticed in a lot of these, but starting with this one, is there's a surprising amount of violence, including like full on death. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till we get to the next one. I mean, in this one, the characters are already dead, but like they're ghosts, and she's like bashing them over the head one by one, and they're all they're already dead, but then they die again, and then she blows on them, and their bodies just kind of blow away. Yeah, they're ghosts. They're dead. I feel back then, um, slapstick was a lot more everywhere, and people just accepted it more. So yeah. the 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 hard the harder harsher it can be, <laughs> the better it is for money, I guess. I believe in one one of these shorts. Doesn't she have like bathtub gin in her house? I can't remember. 
Um, I'm not sure. There is one short that we'll get to okay. that there's multiple versions, and one of them was censored because of alcohol. And oh, I didn't yeah. see the, the the uncensored version. I only saw the censored version. Same. But I read about an uncensored version. It was with Pete, who was apparently was named Bootleg Pete at yeah. in his first appearance because uh, he made bootleg alcohol. Oh. And that mm. got censored. That. that got censored right away. I thought it was because yeah. of his leg. <laughs> his name was first was Bootleg Pete because he made alcohol. And that was like immediately censored. He was not allowed to put that out. But somebody found like a foreign reel, like from another country that mm. had all the all the alcohol stuff still in it. Like the, the, it was nobody had known the original original of why his name was first bootleg Pete before it was changed to peg leg Pete. Yeah. Uh, and that's the oldest Disney character still around, right? Yeah. 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 Pete doesn't get any recognition. <laughs> I never knew he was a cat until like a couple years ago. <laughs> well, the weird yeah, thing is he yeah. starts as a bear. We're kind of skipping forward to Alice's solves puzzle. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's supposed to be a bear at first. At first, and then they changed yeah. him to a cat in later appearances. But it's still apparently the same yeah. character. Which, uh, it makes sense, though, that he's not a cat first, because Julius is a cat. Yeah. Yeah. And really, his appearance, even though he's a cat in later in later appearances, his appearance still retains some of those bear-like qualities. Yeah. Bear-like, yeah. So he's almost sort of like a hybrid cat-bear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he still looks more like a bear than a cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's a dog. Or <laughs> he's like, he's like, I got surgery for my ears. I'm a cat guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bear. Yeah. Um. Oh, is there anything else we want to say about Spooky Adventure? Just that in the scene where she's in the house searching around, she gets at one point covered in white powder. And I was like, did they just dump asbestos on that little girl? Hopefully <laughs> uh, <laughs> not. Oh. oh, another fun tidbit. Walt actually like was directing oh. the live action portion. Yeah. So he would have been the one to tell her. Did he direct all of it? Yeah, he, he directed. the. You could see pictures of him directing her during Alice's spooky adventure behind mm. the camera. Interesting. Yeah, so that's fun. Yeah, he directed all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Until basically, when you barely see Alice anymore, that's when he was like, "Eh, I'm out." Yeah. Well, speaking of asbestos, we can move on to the next one because there was a sign in it that said "asbestos" spelled wrong. I was like, yeah. Did they, "Is that supposed yeah. to be applause?" Because they they had a lot of intentional misspellings to be like cute kid misspellings of things and like did they just write asbestos? Alice's Wild West show I don't know I thought, uh, yes. I, thought I thought they just meant asbestos but I'd never figured out <laughs> that's the only thing I, I could thought think it of. was like they were pretending they were being sponsored by asbestos because oh, I would have maybe <laughs> I would have done that kind of thing as a kid like I pretended asbestos no house is full without it I pretended I had a radio station as a kid and I would actually say sponsored by, you know, such and such product. And, you know, <laughs> so I just, I just figured it was that because that, that was a thing they sold back then. Uh-huh. And it was sold as something perfectly harmless to use around children. It was like, I, I was just reading the other day about them. They made like a, there was a certain brand of cigarettes that had asbestos in the filters 
and Ew. they sold it as being like pleasant for your lungs or something like that. It's like, uh, uh, no. And then later on, those ones killed people way faster than uh, even normal cigarettes. Yeah. Yay, history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. You have to take a gamble. You got to smoke some asbestos. You never know. <laughs> Are you speaking of smoking? Like she smokes a cigar, and this one yeah. uh, pretends to smoke a cigar. Uh, which I... Another reason this will never be on Disney Plus. <laughs> I think it's animated really well, though. Yeah, so, like, I, a, like just... all the stuff in this one is. This one's probably my favorite. It's the best one, I think. Even though there's a lot of stuff that people would probably say is very questionable today, this one just had the most. I don't know, creativity. It's the most our gang one, I think, because all the kids just do so many cute little kid things. I would have loved as a kid to like put on a show like this. Mm -hmm. I would have loved. I always like fantasized about doing this as a kid, but I never had any friends who would have done it. (laughs) And so this really appealed to me. And then you you got Tubby coming in and you're like, I thought y'all were friends. Yeah, Tubby O'Brien. Tubby O'Brien and his gang are here. Oh, <laughs> They'll no. bust up the show for sure. <laughs> yeah, we're going to quit before he does anything. But I, I, I'm so impressed at the, when, when they come and sit on that bench and it bends and bends but never breaks. Yeah, I'm kind of like, what is that bench made out of? Yeah. It's very cartoony. You know, it's very cartoon-like. A very sturdy but flexible wood. Yeah, apparently. Like rubber I or something, like- I don't know. I like how um, in this in the saloon on the stage, it's there's a sign that says like "No shooting allowed." Like, yes. you know loudness. <laughs> and no booze. Says booze. No minors. Yeah. And there's another sign yeah. that says "Everybody get drunk." And I think it's supposed to say "hooch," but it's spelled "hoosh." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I don't know. I I think it's all obviously it's questionable, but I think it's adorable. Yeah, I, I love. <laughs> I loved Slash was hilariously disgusted by the scene at the beginning. Well, first she's selling tickets and somebody pays indentures, which she accepts as payment. (laughs) And then they go in. And then I was like, a truly horrifying scene in the age of COVID when a child (laughs) buys a glass of lemonade, which is just a glass of water that the kid dunks two lemons in, or dunks a lemon in twice. Then the kid drinks most of it and leaves, so the barkeeper pours the rest back in to sell to the next kid. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so something kids would do. I know. That's why I'm just like lemonade disgusted. I feel this yeah. one, the, the, the writers, or if it's Walter, I don't know who else wrote this, it's but probably they, Walt. they probably, they, he did a good job with writing the, the jokes and all that in this one. Yeah, he really I'm sure went they to probably town. were reminiscing about things that they did as children, because this all seems very realistically kid stuff. Like, that's why this one felt mm-hmm. so much like our gang to me, because it was just, this is stuff that kids would do. Yeah, if they mm-hmm. could. What if they could? I would totally put on a whole stage show about the Wild West if you let me. (laughs) If I had a crew. Heck yes. I liked how Alice is like, uh, I'll do it myself then. (laughs) She's Mm. like, I can totally keep these kids captivated. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, that that's when the animation comes in because she starts just telling a story and then it turns to animation with a lot of violent animation. She literally kills <laughs> everybody in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. There's blood on the wall. And the back surrounding her and she's just just blown off from her. Um, like, oops. Uh, yeah. In the first in the first short, she shoots all the Indians but one who runs away in crutches. And then in the um, second one, I think she actually shoots the light out, and then when the light goes back on, everyone Everyone's literally dead. everyone is dead. Except for the bad guy she was trying to shoot, which yes. I guess is the joke. <laughs> I, a, another joke that I loved in this was that the bad guy, Wild Bill Hiccup. He's trying to get into a safe, and the safe has specific instructions on how to open it, and he's still just trying to pick it open and blow it open. But but the safe, the instructions like how to twist the knob to get it to open, it's manufactured by Unsafe Safe Company. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys notice the villain had like five fingers? It bothered me so much. Uh, I didn't oh, no. no, I didn't. <laughs> well, they're all stubby like thumbs. Yeah, well, I was like, wait, his five fingers. That should look normal, but it really doesn't. <laughs> Not in this kind yeah. of animation. Yeah. Well, they're all stubby looking. It was like having five thumbs. <laughs> you know? But anyway. Maybe it was supposed to be disturbing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Only Alice can have five fingers, guys. <laughs> Yeah, they broke the rules. They broke the rules. Well, they broke the cartoon. He broke the law. All right. And sometimes people have to die when trying to avenge breaking the law. It's just so weird. Well, just have That's why I was shot everybody. Cartoon blood on the saloon wall. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Another thing about this one is that the violence does not stay contained to the cartoon world because. At the end, she jumps Tubby and like absolutely beats the snot out of him. (laughs) She's like strangling him. And I think he's bleeding too. And he cries and runs away. (laughs) Yeah. It's intense. He's learned his lesson. (laughs) How How dare you show up and then get mad that there wasn't a show you throw modern vegetables at me? How dare you? <laughs> Nobody likes you, Tubby. Oh yeah, God. So that that one I think is definitely the best one out of all of them. Yes. Are you enjoying this episode of the podcast? Do you want more content for me and my friends on the iHeart Movies Podcast Network? We have exclusive bonus episodes, extended episodes, preview content, and more waiting for you right now on Patreon. Patrons also get the chance to request episodes, so if you want me to cover something I've never done before, sign up and let me know. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a special note in here because I I forgot to suggest it. Alice and the Dog Catcher uh, is one after this, okay. so you got. The Ku Klux Klan thing in it, and um, a lot of violence. Uh, you got Tubby coming in, being like, "Oh, the dog catcher's here," and then Alice is like thinking about poor dog being taken away from his family, 
and uh, being made into sausages at the sausage factory because that's what a dog catcher does, right? They, they turn, yeah. <laughs> get dogs, turn them into sausages. And then at the end of the cartoon segment, there's like a, a link of sausages. Well, okay, like most of the puppies get to a home and, you know, the mama's like, oh, you're back. And then uh, you see a link of sausages come up and it goes, ma? And she goes, Oscar? And <laughs> what? a dog is turned into sausages. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then there's like this huge car chase it's it's actually really impressive with the dog catcher's uh, vehicle and there's even a point where it's like driverless you just see it like go d- going down the 1920 streets of la but like seriously the beginning of the ku klux klan is so weird um so the kids are pretending to be in the ku klux klan and they got like paper oh. bags for hoods yeah I think the joke is that they don't know what the Ku Klux Klan is because at some point they take yeah. off the paper bags and the black kid is in it too. And- I, I, I don't remember this. Why well, don't I remember this? I, yeah, I, I feel like I would remember the Ku Klux Klan being in an Alice comedy. Well, they call it the Ku Klux Club, but it's, it's definitely supposed to be the oh, KKK. Okay. They, they're like holding up letters that spell out KKK. And, oh, uh, the so this would have been when the second clan, I guess, was in around the second clan. Yeah, because I guess Ku Klux Klan had three, three different periods. Yeah, so I think ah. this was the second one. Interesting. Uh, well, I, I know guess that. that's another reason that these will never be on <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah, that one will never yeah. be on Disney Plus ever. You learn, you learn something every day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I'm sorry, I totally forgot to suggest that one. Um, it's I highly recommend it just to be like, what the, you know, what am I looking at? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll have to enlighten myself after we're done with this. <laughs> Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, I expect we'll hear cancellation of the Alice comedies any day now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't think you could cancel something that's not even <laughs> really <laughs> out there. Nobody knows about this. It's fine. <laughs> I do think it's funny how it's just casually on YouTube. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of stuff is. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it is, even though it's kind of terrible. It's like, I don't want to like fully erase history because it's still interesting to know what they did in the past, even if it is. Yeah. I, I do think it's historically interesting because yes, it's yes. like people, you know, the Ku Klux Klan was not really a thing in the West where these things were filmed. So it's like, I'm not saying they didn't exist. They totally existed. Segregation existed, but like it wasn't as big as like in the South. Hmm. So. I really do think the joke is supposed to be the kids don't know what it is and they just want to be in a secret society because secret societies are cool. You're probably right. Yeah. But it's just a very intense joke. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's the history of what has happened since has changed how you look at the joke. I guess also because there are local sect, like different sectors, right? So some were more violent than others. So, yeah, well, that's called not holding up. That's what that is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it does not hold up. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I recommend it as a historical curiosity. The car chase yes. is cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's also kind of a 
the past wasn't squeaky clean. No. Yeah. No, you you learn that when you're a historian. The past mm-hmm. is not yeah. squeaky clean. <laughs> people aren't perfect people either. Yeah. I mean, I, I do make a lot of fun of cancel culture because I, I do feel like uh, at least I feel like sometimes they miss that just because something is bad. That doesn't need, you know, it, like we don't need to forget that something has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, no, no, I agree. agree with that. Yeah. And I, I don't think that means the Disney company nowadays is racist. That's not, you know, do I think the Disney company should make it accessible for kids to watch? No. <laughs> Well, the idea that something in the past means that you should uh, it should affect what happens in the present is that's kind of a tricky slope to be on. You need to like because like the history is in the past, and should we focus on that, or should we just focus on like trying to make the company better in the future? I feel like yeah. that's the question. And I, I well, I, I've always been an opinion: if you forget what the past is, then you don't know where you are. Hmm. Well that's, so, what, well, that's what you were saying, like, about how you shouldn't erase the past. That I agree yes, with, because, yeah. like, because it makes it seem like you're trying to forget the fact that it happened, and you shouldn't forget that racism or stuff like that happened, because, it's like, it happened, and you have to acknowledge it. So yeah. you shouldn't, and you shouldn't it, disappear. It's also kind of like uh, people who believe in, like, being colorblind. Mm-hmm. And that's not really right either, because the past still affects, like, where, where people are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. So I, I recommend it as a historical curiosity. Yes. But, but yeah. That's all I'll say. Yes. Well, from that one, we can go to Alice and the Peacemaker, or Alice the Peacemaker. Uh, the Peacemaker. Because oh, I, I thought this was funny because we had just watched the one where Alice is like literally beating the snot out of a child <laughs> to move on to one called Alice the Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> after, she beat, after she beat up Toby O'Brien, she rejected her ways. Yeah, well, that's what's funny because Toby is the one who's fighting someone else, and she's like, "You should make peace, Toby. Ignore that I just beat you up." And <laughs> yeah, like I think the two paper boys are like fighting over an adult woman, which was a little weird. But whatever, I guess. I think they're they're fighting over which one would sell her the paper. Territory. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. I thought it, it seemed a little like they were infatuated with her, but they are trying to sell her paper, so I guess that does make sense. That is something uh, people do, but too like they're like, I'm selling this neighborhood. You can't sell yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like when they close their eyes when she takes the the money purse out of her stock. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, we're not supposed to be looking at that. <laughs> oh, my God. And this one was one where I couldn't really, like, I don't think I found an English version. So this one was when I was watching another language. So I'm not sure exactly what was going on here. Because after this, I think she's telling them a story of a cat and mouse who are fighting. I think this is supposed to be like a parable for them to show what will yeah. happen if they fight. I, d- I didn't get that. Like, it didn't say that in something that i could read but yeah well then the cat and mouse work together right yeah they work together to fight the police dog so this cat and mouse reminded me a lot of tom and jerry so so now i'm wondering in fiction have cat and mice always been at each other's throats or was uh, this just something that just started in 
silent animation. I think in fiction, yeah. I think it's a trope. It probably has gone on for years because, like, in real life, cats eat mice, so... And mice and uh, rats can be pretty resourceful, so I, I think <laughs> it just is already a good resource for potential comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And we're, we're most used to Tom and Jerry, but I don't believe they were the first... Well, yeah, clearly not by this, especially. <laughs> Maybe these were the first. <laughs> yeah, well, heck, uh, isn't there all, even a Mickey Mouse cartoon where for some reason he's mouse-sized? And uh, sure. when the when the cat's away, it's called, I think. I don't think I've seen that. And it also kind of plays into that. It's been ages since I, since I watched it. I don't remember it very well. I haven't seen that in a long time, so I need to, I need to rewatch that. I just remember the they, m- Mickey and Minnie are like dancing <laughs> on the piano. Oh, They're wait, tiny. maybe I do remember that. Yeah. I might have seen that one years ago. This is one, like, I watched these episodes yesterday, but I don't remember how this ended. <laughs> what happens after <laughs> they get kicked out of the house? They're, like, being po- chased by this police dog, and then they ride on a bull to oh, get away from okay, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the bull kicks the dog. Yeah, okay. The, there's a donkey that they, donkey, they, yeah. they paint mm-hmm. themselves on a sheet that's on a clothesline that the donkey is behind. Mm. And the police dog tries to arrest them, the drawings of them, and the donkey kicks him away. And then the kids in the real world make up, I think. <laughs> I think that's the end. That's the moral relief. If you it's fight in life, you get kicked by a donkey. Yes. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend, is the moral. So be friends. Yeah. Let's watch the last episode and see what I did to Tubby in that one. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not what I do. <laughs> She's like, I know I'm violent, but you guys don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the last one we had with Virginia Davis, right? Yeah. yeah. The last few we've had were all from 1924. So we're moving mm-hmm. on to 1925. And this is Margie Gay with Alice Solves the Puzzle. And th- from here, it's more like, whereas the first ones were live action segments, and then she flashbacks into animation. This is this is like the world is already animated, animated yeah. and she's just living in it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that there's... I don't think there's any more, at least that we've watched, that has like an Our Gang type feel to them. The rest of these are just cartoons. Yeah, this is when you could tell Walt was kind of like, eh. Yeah, I could, yeah. And this is this is the one where I think it was heavily censored. Yeah. Because this is the one that introduces Peg Leg Pete, who was originally named Bootleg Pete. Well, the one I watched said Bootleg Pete. It's, it still had that name on this one, but yeah. it, it had cut out all alcohol references. Because mm. the the thing that I read said that like the pelican that he's with has has a mouthful of bottles of booze or something, and that part that scene was cut out like that reveal. Yeah, when the uh, the police on the water goes up to him and stops him, he tries to bribe him with the alcohol, but we don't in the version I saw we don't see that. It just cuts to like another scene afterwards. Uh, yeah. And it was weird too. Like the whole point of this one is that Alice is trying to do a crossword puzzle and she can't figure out the last thing. But apparently Bootleg Pete is a collector of rare crossword puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very weird motivation. 
<laughs> so he wants our crosswords. That's literally what I was going to say. Like, you know, with so many stories that have been told, that, you know, you're always going to have repeats. But, like, I don't think I've ever come across this plot line before of someone trying <laughs> to steal and collect rare puzzles. <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre. Very strange plot. I mean, I'm a Crossword Bustle fan, so like I love that part. <laughs> I've never seen this before. <laughs> that's that's interesting. Tell us part. about the Cutthroat Crossword Puzzle community. <laughs> we're, 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 we're very uh, intellectual bunch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Except for the rare, rare violent one who goes Except out and steals violent. everyone else's crosswords. We call him the Pete Carrot. <laughs> We all have bootleg peaks in our life, you know. Old, old bootlegs at it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's a funny one for such a long-lasting character to come from. Yeah, really. So bizarre. Like, the first appearance of the longest-running Disney character is when he's an angry bear trying to steal a little girl's crossword puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was just so good at it, you know. <laughs> What do you think about Margie Gray? Gay. I keep wanting to call her Gray too. I don't know. Yeah. Why. I thought she was fine. I think I liked Virginia Davis better. She's not as good as Virginia, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think at first I didn't realize yeah. it was a different yeah. Alice, and then later when I found out, I was like, "Oh yeah, that." Now that you mentioned it, this did not look like Virginia Davis at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, her hair completely changed. I realized at the beginning, but I was also going through the wiki page as I was watching these, making sure that I was watching them in order. Mm. So that's why I noticed and was paying attention. But I was I was wondering, too, is this the first one that had actual voices in it? Because... Oh, look, voices were added later. I wondered about that, because it sounded that was like not it was the thing. same person doing the cat and Alice, and it was yeah. an adult man. <laughs> I was like, this does not sound like a little girl at all. Well, the version I saw didn't have um, voices. That was done much later. Uh, a lot of cartoon distributors, uh, after sound cartoons became a thing with, you know, like Mickey Mouse, they, they mm. dubbed older cartoons that were silent so they could still uh, distribute them. Okay. Yeah, I wondered about that because the timeline of like sound didn't seem to line up with this. Mm. And I didn't know where the sound, the voices came in. Because I believe also in this one, doesn't like, uh, doesn't it have words like written out? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Like comic strip type words, like with speech bubbles and everything. Yeah. So it's, it was originally a silent film. That, that also. It's kind of interesting then knowing what's coming up, having the police dog is chasing Pete. There's like a chase and a fight at the lighthouse. The cat punches him and he goes flying through the air. He's literally impaled on a buoy. Yeah, it hurts. And in the version that I saw, he is like screaming in agony. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody years later apparently decided this isn't horrifying enough i've got to add an agonizing scream to this (laughs) (laughs) no i i watched a version without voices no thank you i don't need that yeah it was it was i i was i like my mouth fell open it was like what on earth And then I then I wrote in my notes, no wonder Pete is evil. <laughs> it's like his evil police dog is torturing him and laughing at his literal impalement. 
Yeah, it is pretty dark. Dark. Uh, actually, when I saw that, I was like, "Did I miss that Pete was like rude to this dog earlier?" I, I guess I did. <laughs> I think that goes back to the scene that was cut. It probably. Who knows? <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he got busted for the bootleg So yeah. And then, and then I like how it ends with the crossword. <laughs> it's it's slightly abrupt. I thought the crossword was going to end up having to do with this cat because the cat is like being all weird again and showing off his muscles and then she like suddenly <laughs> realizes the last clue and it's the end <laughs> which isn't a word alice exactly. it's not a word and she said uh, i can't think of one word and that's two <laughs> yeah that's two words <laughs> yeah alice doesn't know her math but i do like how it's a it says and alice comedy i like that nice touch but yeah you think the word she would have realize that would have something to do with what just happened yeah well i thought it was going to be like muscles or something because the cat's like flexing look at me alice don't you like me <laughs> oh yeah <at> the end. <laughs> i think the voiceover literally <laughs> like, said something i'm so like uninterested that. the end i think the voiceover literally said something similar to that it's like look at my <laughs> muscles or something <laughs> it, it is a bit awkward yes after that, we have Alice's eggplant, which I, I misinterpreted as eggplant. Oh, yeah. We got the communist chicken thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is my favorite one that I saw. <laughs> when, I, when I was watching this, I was like, this feels like a commentary on what happened to Walt years later. So, like, did he foretell his own future? <laughs> this yeah, is a funny that's... thing because you see this and you're like oh this is definitely like about the animator strike but no it wasn't yeah this really? is long before then yeah this is exactly why i wanted to talk about this one because I, it reminded me of what happened with the disney strike in the 40s even though it took place like years earlier or even one thing that i find interesting this is this came out in the 20s so this is even again this is pre-world war ii so it just shows america's views and how they personified the USSR even in the 20s before World War II or anything like that. Right. Mm. Well, it's an interesting social commentary on yeah. like the worth ethic. Because mm. I think that's the problem we deal with today. Like people will be like, oh, you're not working hard enough. And then other people are like, uh, it's literally unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's still <laughs> something we're struggling with. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. always interesting to see it from a historical viewpoint, uh, especially knowing that yeah. Walt would later have to deal with a labor union strike of his own. Mm-hmm. I think Little okay. Redansky is like, one of my favorite Disney villains now. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 uh, just for the day. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, excuse me, I am the true Disney fan. My favorite villain is Little <laughs> Redansky. Who? <laughs> like, what? That's a little. Who? <laughs> you know. <laughs> The communist chicken that starts labor union. Yeah. Strike. Yes. So a, so a Russian chicken like rallies all the other chickens to go on strike, which which felt kind of like a dig at the communist party. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, which is interesting because of how Walt blamed the labor strike on the Disney studio in 1941 on communism. <laughs> and years before he made a cartoon where the good guys were the owners of the business and the bad guys were the workers going on strike. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like I had, I had recently been learning about all the stuff with the, with him 
Like, I hadn't realized how involved he was in the Red Scare. So I guess I thought when I was in the podcast I'd been listening to about that, I thought it was kind of a new idea for him that he maybe had been listening to too many people talking about this. But this is something that apparently was in his mind for years. If he made this kind of a cartoon that long before that happened. Exactly. He had very interesting views on employees. Because on one hand, he was kind of like, I feel like this cartoon is pretty much a, oh, people complain a lot, but they don't work much. You know, like, mm-hmm. they are uh, kind yeah. of like, not demonized, but they are portrayed as they, you know, Alice and Julius are working against them mm-hmm. um, instead of with them. You know, you get the feeling that Walt and Wilbur by extension wrote the story, was not fond of the idea of like labor rights. Mm-hmm. Um but meanwhile, uh, Walt felt very betrayed with like uh, the union strike later in the 40s because he was like, I give such benefits to them. And I was also thinking of like later with Disneyland, uh, actually, we, we still get really bitter over losing things that Walt used to do for us because he would do like really, really nice things. Like he closed down the whole park and have a party for the cast members every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like in the park for them and their families, and they bring like a toy for toy for tots. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Disney World started running all the parks, and they were like, "Well, we don't do that, so you're not going to do that anymore." And I, I know some old Mm -hmm. cast members who are still bitter about that Mm -hmm. now. Uh, You know, so it's, it's. I don't know. It's interesting because he he had a very uh, varied view Mm -hmm. of workers. Like he was kind of like, if you treat them right they will want to work for you. But also, I don't like how they strike. I don't know. It's it's kind of odd. Well, it was, the thing about that was that I, I, he might have, it's possible that uh, the way he was framing it was that he thought that the workers who were striking were betraying him. And the way he yeah. looked at unionizing was the wrong way to handle it because, yeah, like you said, he gave benefits to the employees and he treated them right. And he, he was framing it like, oh, Walt Disney Company is a family. So why would you need to unionize? All you have to do is just trust me and I'll pay you properly. And like, but like a lot of people in the 40s unionized, a lot of companies were unionizing. So everyone was looking at Walt Disney like, like he was old fashioned when yeah. he was against union. So that, what was, that was the problem of that I was working against him. Well, that's the thing. Also, like, uh, he was re- he wasn't rewarding everybody. He was rewarding whoever thought he deserved it. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he he didn't give out things equally. But at that time, he was distracted, so he wasn't even there to be able to determine who was mm-hmm. putting out the best work. So right, it was kind of right. like, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But he was he yeah. Walt Disney was trying to defend that by saying that I well I give you benefits if you give me quality and like I. I reward the best, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I reward the best. That was what he was saying, but that, but a lot of people didn't buy that. Well, I mean, he he did reward the best at first. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he technically he did reward. He did pay like the best animators, like Milt Collin, Wood Kimball, and Frank Thomas. He gave them the most money because they were the top animator. So it's true in that way. But well, that, I guess that's why those animators didn't leave the company, and they they were the ones who were against the strike. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why uh, he was so hurt by, oh my gosh, what's his name? Art Babbitt? Yeah, Art Babbitt, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But Art anyway, Babbitt, yeah. Yeah, we're getting kind because of distracted here again, but um, <laughs> it is really amazing. Yeah, I do want to mention one more thing about this cartoon, though. Like, uh, this is mm-hmm. uh, the, person who play, the person who plays Alice in this cartoon. Uh, this is the oh, only Alice. 
Yeah, this is the only short where Don O'Day plays mm-hmm. Alice, and Don O'Day would be better known as an adult by the stage name Anne Shirley. Yeah, she uh, played Anne Shirley. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. She was known for playing Anne Shirley at some point. Yeah, I've never seen. The, I've never seen it. I hunted down those because one day in the future, I would like to do every version ever of Anne of Green Gables because I know they're kind of yeah. hard to find. I need yeah. to watch more of those. I've only seen the the eighties yeah. TV movies. <laughs> yeah, those are the the main ones. Yeah, but um, she was really well known for that role at the time. Yeah, so yeah. much so that she changed her name literally to Anne Shirley. Yeah. literally. Their names and so after the 1934 version of Anne of Green Gables, where she played that, and in that, that was when she changed her name. And yes, that that person was Alice in a Disney short for one oh. one, one short. short. Yeah, yeah, and it was this one. Oh, is Anne of Green Gables' last name Shirley? Yeah, Anne Shirley. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's kind of like if yeah. Benedict Cumberpatch renamed himself Sherlock Holmes or something. The weird when you think about it, but yeah, Anne Shirley is a good name, though. So it is a good name. Sean Connery just calls himself James Bond. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <a date. laughs> My name is James Bond now. I am the character, and they're like, Look, we don't want you to play James Bond anymore. We're making a movie. He's like, I am James Bond. You can't think of that. <laughs> it's a power move. <laughs> Yeah, it's a problem. He wants, yeah, he, wants, <laughs> he doesn't want to be like it was George Lazenby or anybody. Like, he's, well, the character was James named Bond after Bond. someone named James Bond, actually. But I mean, that does nothing to do with what we're talking about. But, but anyway. <laughs> That's no fun fact, by the yeah. I wonder, um, Donald Day is kind of a cheesy name, so maybe she's like, I'm going to go for that. It, it sounds like somebody from that era of film, though. It's like Don O'Day. It it's like a, um, an early starlet. It sounds like a stage name. Yeah, you can tell that's not their real name. Unless that is her real name, I don't know. What is her real name? What's her real name? <laughs> I guess I just assumed it was Don O'Day to begin with. Yeah, was it Don O'Day? Now I need to look it up. Because that <laughs> sounds like something a parent would name her for the stage. It kind of does. It does sound like a fake name. Don O'Day. Okay, yeah, her stage name was Don O'Day. Okay, what's her birth name then? One thing I want to mention about the Disney strike, well while you're looking that up is there's a book that came out recently like literally in the past month or two called the disney revolt by jake friedman um i haven't read it yet but it's on my t- tbr list i should probably read that mm. yeah it's about the strike <laughs> mm. yeah it just came out yeah all right her real name was don evelyn paris don ah. paris paris that's <laughs> not stagey enough apparently <laughs> <laughs> Don Evelyn Paris. Oh, I would you change your name from Don Paris? Don Paris is a good, good name. Yeah, it is a good name. Even if you went with the middle name yeah. Evelyn Paris, that would be a great name too. I think that thing yeah. is better. Well, Paris is a great last name to have a be an actress for. But okay, yeah, makes you sound fancy. Yeah, but that was kind of like the um, just the style of stage names at that time. Don O'Day. Yeah. Yeah, I think I also did recognize that this was a different, different Alice. I thought it was the same one from Solve the Puzzle until afterwards. Yeah. Well, her hair is so short. Yeah. It's like under a hat, and I think she's wearing the same dress. Oh, maybe that's what it was. So Virginia Davis, actually, she was wearing her own wardrobe, like her clothes that she would wear in her everyday life. 
But I, I, I feel like maybe for Margie Great Gay, they they bought their own wardrobe for her because it looks like the same dress that she wears at some point. So hmm. I don't know. I do like how this episode ended about how they, they had to trick the workers to giving their eggs as payment to watch the fight between two chickens, whom it's not, so uh, dumb. Whom we never actually see fight. <laughs> the, the the thing with this one that would made the least sense to me is like if they're wanting to portray all of these chickens as the bad guys why are they portraying alice and the cat as being so horrible to them like the cat is like beating the chickens and like he's forcing the one chicken to lay eggs it's like she's afraid she's going to be killed if she doesn't it's like they're not portraying the the bosses in a positive light if they're supposed to be the heroes of this cartoon. This the American capitalists are always the heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if if that is if that is the message because at the end when they drive off, all the eggs fall out right and break. Oh, true. It could be. Yeah. Hmm. Like I, them. I, true. I looked at it as them getting the just desserts, but I don't know. True. Actually, there's a lot of, uh, overall in this series, there's a lot of, like, Alice and Julius trying to do, like, business things, like run a hotel or just failing miserably. Well, that's what happens when a child tries to do something that she, like this, (laughs) children can't run businesses. (laughs) Well, that's what happens, exactly. As they always say, a girl in the cat should never be business (laughs) (laughs) partners. Next, Alice's Little Parade, back to Margie Gay. And when I f- saw the title, I just assumed this was about a parade. Literally, literally same, same, same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did not expect this to begin with a declaration of war. No, not at all. Misleading title. The Alice comedies are all about escalation. Yeah. <laughs> And again, this, uh, I mentioned it already, but uh, this was very interesting to me because this is 1926. So again, this is post-World War One and pre-World War Two. So like they had no idea what they were going to be facing in a few years. Uh, it was yeah. interesting because a lot of the people who animated this or were part of it, um, including Walt himself, in yeah. World War One, they mm-hmm. had been on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I mean, Walt wasn't like in, in the inn, yeah. but he was there, you know, so it's kind of like, it's interesting from that perspective. Um, and also it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have seen the Oswald the Lucky Rabbit shorts, but there's a later one that basically recycles gags from this one oh, where Oswald's in a, like a war zone, um, hmm. including the, I, I believe they recycled a gag where like they, you know, Julius goes into like a shop and like gets remade. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He like yeah. gets blown to bits in one, yeah. one part. And he's like, put, yeah, he's like put back together again. It's a hospital of spare parts. They're like, yeah, yeah that's so what the doctors do. There's like a, literally, they take that joke from it. I remember it being Oswald short. That was my favorite uh, gag in the whole story. It was the part when Julius's head is blown off by a cannonball and he draws his face <laughs> on the cannonball and substitutes it for his head. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that because it was like a nice commentary on the, the fact that their heads are so round and black and like a cannonball can easily replace their heads. Like, it's like, <laughs> very hilarious to me. But, you know, it's it's just interesting how dark but yeah. lighthearted it is at the same time. Yeah. When it's something that the animators probably went through themselves. Like, the characters yeah. were like super excited to go to war. 
<laughs> yeah, that yeah. that was what I I think I made a note of that because like the war is declared and everybody's like that's the parade, everyone running to join the war, and it's like they look happy as they're running to the recruiting station. <laughs> it's like yeah, that's yeah. yeah. part of the joke. The cartoons, so they don't really die, right? Well, Maybe. they seem to die at the end when yeah. they all get bashed over the head and there's like a giant pile of corpses. Oh, <laughs> oh they're fine. They'll resurrect. It's fine. They say we have Pete, Pete again as the bad guy. Yes, and he's leading an army of mice. Yeah. And this is Alice's little parade, but like Alice literally doesn't do a thing in this. I, I think she was like in two random scenes. Yeah, <laughs> she hardly did anything. Yeah. No, this short should have been called the Julius Goes to War, exactly, not yeah. Alice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it should have been called. This didn't need Alice in it at all. I think Alice is at the beginning, like leading the army, and then she's at the end when the cat Julius, like he presents all the corpses to her. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. You're so great, Julius. Well done, Julius. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I've taught you a lot. She's a little <laughs> dictator. Something like that. Yeah. You, but... learned, you learned well from my Tubby O'Brien situation. <laughs> <laughs> going from beating up a child to going to actual war. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, she's so. We're at the point in these cartoons where she's barely even in it. She's in mm-hmm. it really by name only. He's being pushed to the side. This is what I was talking about with like uh, Pete the Bear and Julius the Cat are put more and more into the spotlight to the point where Pete the Bear and Julius the Cat become Pete the Bear and Oswald the Rabbit, basically, mm. when, they, when they get to the Oswald cartoon. Because Pete the Bear is in the Oswald cartoon, if I remember correctly, oh. right? Yeah, I think so. He gets transferred over. Hmm. Yeah, you get transferred over. Yeah, it's like so. It's sort of like mutated into Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, while Alice was slowly getting put to the side, and that's sort of the natural progression of those cartoons. Is what I noticed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, but Walt just gets bored. It, the first few things of things he's yeah. into are really good, and then it just kind of, eh, uh, just do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I also wonder if. Um, it was expensive, like doing the live action shots. It it could have been because you see them later, also like reusing old footage, and because yeah. I, I feel I feel like it, the part of the reason why it's impressive is because it, it'd be harder to put a live actor in an animated world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how they did it. It's pretty amazing. Well, I assume I don't know how they do it. Um, I know in some parts you can tell that she's actually like cut out in frames. And sometimes yeah. she's, if she's far away, she's replaced by animation. Yeah. So, like, um, Alice solves the puzzle when she was diving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point, it stopped being about the impressiveness of it and just, like, well, she has to be in it. She'll be back there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could kind of see why they moved on. Yeah. Well, they might as well because they keep, not, they keep giving a smaller role. Yeah. I mean, at some point, one of the later ones, it ended up reusing footage of Virginia Davis. Yeah, I read about that one. I didn't find it to watch, but I read that they used Virginia Davis again, but she didn't come back. It was just reusing footage they already had. Yeah, yeah. so it's they're pretty uninterested in the live action portion of it this time. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else we have to say about Little Parade? I don't think so. We can move on from a cartoon about 
war and murder and violence to a cartoon about suicide and sexual assault. <laughs> oh, no. Alice helps the romance. It's a very, very uh, innocent title. <laughs> yes. Very innocent title yeah. for what this thing turned uh, out to be. Have you ever wanted uh, to commit suicide? Do you not know how? Well, let's give you some ideas. <laughs> Nothing is safe. This one got dark. Yeah. Yeah. Julius is... He puts a gun up to his head at some point. He's vying for the affections of another cat with this other taller cat. It's like a proto-mortimer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. He tricks the girl into liking him. The evil cat tricks him, the girl into liking him instead of Julius. And apparently Julius now is suicidal. (laughs) He finds a pop gun, which he thinks is a rifle, and tries to kill himself with it. Though I did, I did love the, the the indignant child pedaling up on a, on a tricycle and snatching the pop gun back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he continues to try and kill himself in other various ways. And yeah, I remember he tries to hang himself or something. I th- I I couldn't tell what he was trying to do. I thought he was like going to drown himself, but then he ended up sort of hanging himself. He wanted to drown himself by throwing the. But it seemed like he in, did it by then, accident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one, yeah. This one actually, this is one of my favorites. This one was actually funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think to me the thing that was funny was how shocking it was. <laughs> The yeah, plus yeah. plus the the gag with the kid on the tricycle that I loved. <laughs> yeah, um, he yeah, goes yeah. he goes standing underneath the safe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he cuts the rope, right? Yeah, he keeps failing at trying to kill himself. The analysis is like no, rudely saving his life. <laughs> What's wrong, Julius? <laughs> <laughs> just about a girl oh come on (laughs) their plan to get him back is to make her believe that this cat has fathered many children (laughs) (laughs) all these kids going papa (laughs) he's like i I don't know this kid never seen him in my life (laughs) i i I don't get these romance plots i just i can't imagine not like, why we even bother if she doesn't like you that much? Yeah. Just for you. <laughs> exactly. That did seem like, to happen I, a lot in a lot of old cartoons, though. Yeah, because you get you get that with uh, Mickey, too, don't you? Like. Yeah, Mickey and Minnie and various... I think there's a Daisy one, too. There might have been. It happened in the movies, too, like the bongo short with that hideous oh, yeah, bear yeah. that... Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that that half of that movie. I don't know why people think it's some sort of underrated gem. I hate Bongo. It's like one of the worst ones. <laughs> I hate Bongo. I hate Bongo too. You know, like, too I'm glad I found some people to agree well, with Well, I mean, me. <laughs> the, I, I think the uh, Jack and the Beanstalk part is really good. Yeah, yeah, it is. The Bongo part is bad. It's, the second half is good. The first part, The first half is... <laughs> Why was this made? Yeah. I haven't seen it in forever, but I remember being bored by Bongo. It is boring. It's very boring. I can't remember if I thought it was bad or not, but just bored. No, I don't, I don't, I'm not surprised you were bored by it because it was very slow paced. And like, I would like, there were like, what, like two romantic interludes with like them, like floating on hearts when mm-hmm. like during the love scene. And like, like, they were like lasted way too long. It was the whole thing was really 
slow. My favorite part is domestic abuse. <laughs> Which you get in this scene, too. While yeah. the others hug and kiss the bear fact, is this the, the bear likes to see it with the slap? Very catchy song abuse. I like the song, but yeah, the slap thing was, it was, it was weird. But basically, cartoons have romance really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I think the idea is they, they want the story they're trying to say is the hero will always get the heroine no matter what. No matter what ethical boundaries you have to cross. <laughs> yeah. Secret to a girl's heart, fellas, is just to care about her. She doesn't care about you. Move on. Don't do this. Like, yeah, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's the realistic way to look at it. But the, the message in cartoons is, okay, whoever wins the fight gets the girl. That's how it always goes. Write this down. Yeah, the girl is the reward here. The girl is or the she's- reward. She's the judge and the reward yeah. at the same time. <laughs> if you follow this cartoon, the secret to a girl's heart is to save her from a cat that's trying to force her to kiss him, and then he'll she'll kiss you instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Je- Jenna Jenna's not denying this. <laughs> I can't uh, deny it. Uh, girls, I guess right. so, so. Girls might like that. I don't. Well, you didn't force me. You saved me. You just you shouldn't you shouldn't expect the girl to be with you as a reward though. You shouldn't treat it like I deserve a kiss. A kiss yeah. from you. That's the, yeah, that, that's that's the, that's the problem here. I, I think that's what a lot of people get wrong about romance in general. Like, just be a nice yeah. person to be a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty classic uh, plot, I think. Yes. Have you seen Popeye? Because Popeye, that's every Popeye cartoon. That's like, Yeah, that's every Popeye cartoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of the point of Popeye. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that when I was listing off examples. Yeah, Popeye is like the quintessential <laughs> exactly. example of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at some point it's just like, why do you even want her? Come on. <laughs> no. But doesn't Brutus like steal her sometimes? Yes, he kidnaps her sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the pop yeah. comes to the rescue. Yeah. That's our that's our plot, you know. But like Jenna said, if I was at the point where, where I was interested in the girl and the girl rejected me, then I would move on and I'd be like, okay, well, I guess she doesn't like me, so I guess I'll <laughs> no conflict here. I'll just move on with my life. Yeah, that's kind of like just move on, Julius. Don't kill yourself, jeez. <laughs> Especially over someone you literally just met. Yeah, she doesn't even yeah. like you that much. Apparently, those are better. Didn't you propose to Alice? You guys broke it off or something? <laughs> <laughs> she cares enough about you to stop you from killing yourself. So, you know. <laughs> Suicide was just like, you, you see that a lot in a lot of these older cartoons. You do. It's very strange. I think the first Felix the Cat cartoon involves him commit trying to commit suicide or, or successfully doing it. I can't remember. Well, I know it's in Looney Tunes. There's Tom and Jerry. <laughs> You get a lot of darkness in these early cartoons. Yeah. It's, it's weird that they thought it was so hilarious. Like, a lot of people thought it was so hilarious. I feel like there's a Donald Duck cartoon where he has to gun to his right. head for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Over being rejected. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I remember, something like that in the early 40s. I can't remember which one it was, but that feels familiar with Donald Duck holding a gun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's very interesting view on suicide. <laughs> you can kind of see why people were afraid to get help 
mm-hmm. when it's taken lightly like this. Yeah. Yeah. This was not, this was not helping the culture. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad we're over these jokes, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could be a little bit more sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, toilet humor is where it's at. <laughs> Suicide humor, toilet That's humor, right. which one? <laughs> That's I don't know. It's a hard choice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else we want to talk about from Alice Helps the Romance? I don't think so. I think we talked about enough stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about the first appearance of Lois Hardwick as Alice, which is Alice's oh, circus yeah. days. Oh, that was actually really... I, I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah. For all of these, it's like... Alice is almost inconsequential, so I don't know why it felt like it was important, but I felt like we talked about all the other Alices, so we should give her a moment a as chance. well. Mm. She doesn't really have a big role in it, though. Like, she's just kind of, she's there. She's okay. And and half the time, I think she's also animated. Like, she's up on the top of that stack of chairs. And I yeah, think she's I mean, a there's a close-up of her, isn't there, on top of the chairs? Yeah. They do close-ups like well while the chairs are falling, they do close-ups on her face as she's waiting for cartoon physics to kick in and make her fall as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked that gag. That was a good gag. Yeah. yeah. I love that you have suspended in the air for like ten seconds before she fell. <laughs> yes. Enough time for him to climb get a ladder and climb up to save her yeah. <laughs> while all the other chairs are still tumbling below. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, most of hers are missing, right? Yes. I think most yeah. all of the ones that are missing are her run as Alice. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, pretty weird. There are so many Lois Hardwick shorts that are missing. I was like, I only I only watched like three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found two to watch because I wanted to make sure we, we talked about her first appearance and then the final cartoon we can talk about next. But there wasn't yeah. much else from her that we, you can even watch. I thought I liked this short, um, I, but she just seemed very passive in it. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of just Alice's role now. But I, I would say it, it's better than some of the other ones where she's like literally just there. Yeah. This was another one. Like, I liked her facial expressions. Like, she it was kind of back to the Virginia Davis thing where I liked the faces that she made. <laughs> but that was like the close ups when she was going to fall. Yeah. You were like really active. I watched it this morning, but like it didn't make any impact on me because I could barely remember what happened in that one. <laughs> the thing that made the most impact on me was the body horror with the lion tamer. <laughs> so, oh. like, he gets his head bitten off and he has to crawl inside the lion to get his head back. And then the lions are like tossing his head around. Oh, yeah. They play monkey in the middle with his head, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I That was my favorite gag. If this was live action, this would be a horrifying nightmare. This is this yeah, would be yeah, just yeah. grim. Cartoon violence. This is this is why I love animation so much. <laughs> do stuff with animation you can't do with yeah. Yeah, you can't do this with some other media, no. And also the the other thing that would be a nightmare is that elephant on roller skates. That thing was hideous. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even remember that. This proves that animation is the uh, supreme medium. <laughs> yes. All right. We can do these things with animation that you don't want to see in live action. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Train this, train this elephant to roller skate. It was, more, it was more his face. There was just something about his face that was unsettling. It's probably a me thing. 
I, I was looking at it and I was thinking, is, are they sure? That, is this an elephant? Is this one supposed to be an elephant? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, was my, that was my reaction. Is this supposed to be an elephant? <laughs> this is like 15 years before Dumbo. They had time to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> they had time to go. And thank God they got it right. It was like, yeah. Finally, just in time. To be honest, I don't remember very much else from that short besides uh, the beginning-ish. There was like a some cool animation of a close-up of a clown face. And it like went upside down. That was weird. Oh, yeah. oh, I like that. I thought it was well done. Yeah. Oh, there was also that weird thing with somebody was kept trying to peek into Alice's dressing tent. Oh, yeah, and, and, and then the lady it. with the baseball bat yeah. bashing him on the head repeatedly. <laughs> uh, I forgot that. Dude. That's a bit disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be some sort of a racist caricature, the rubber man. It looked like it was supposed to be like a wild jungle man or something. Yeah. I remember that now. It might have. I'm so used to watching classic cartoons that, like, sometimes those, like, a racial characters, they all blend together. And I forget, yeah. like, when I see them sometimes because there are so many of them. It's mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I think you, yeah, you're probably right. It, it looked like it might have been supposed to be some kind of jungle thing. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't, it didn't have a, lo- a long time on screen. So it was kind of forgettable, but it was still there. Thankfully. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and to be honest, I totally forgot it. Yeah. The racism just blends in all together sometimes. Well, after <laughs> the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> this yeah. one's nothing. Just downhill from there. <laughs> I was distracted by the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> That's probably all we can have to say about that one. It was Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. It was yeah, it was fine, yeah. It's probably one of the better ones of the later shorts, I think. Yeah, definitely. Which is high praise. Well, the last Alice short was Alice in the Big League from 1927. And this one was also a little bit forgettable, but it did have a couple of good gags. Yeah, with the baseball. I honestly don't remember anything besides the fence. <laughs> <laughs> what was the plot of the you? It's just baseball gags. Like, the whole thing was just baseball gags. Like, I don't oh, think there was much of a plot. No. It was just, I think it was just a vehicle for a bunch of animation gags. Spitballs. Yeah, and, it's uh, actually a bit strange that they didn't do that with Virginia, because that seems like such a, a plot they could have used when they were doing the old bar game stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the first official one had a baseball game, and then it ends with yeah. a baseball game, so it's kind of a fitting bookend. Mm, true. Yeah. There are so many later cartoons in animation history that did baseball and gags so much better than like from like Warner Brothers at MGM. So like this, I couldn't help but compare this to those, which mm-hmm. made this scene even more forgettable. But it, compared to all the other Alice stories, this one wasn't terrible. I feel like, I, I don't know, I guess when I see baseball cartoons, I just think of Casey at, Casey at that. It just makes dude. me want to watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so you know, I just think about Huh, Casey Bat's good. <laughs> just gonna zone out. The main thing I wanted to talk about this was basically just my favorite gags because there isn't really a story. Mm. But I liked that the catcher used semaphore to communicate yeah, yeah, with yeah. the pitcher. Oh yeah. The, the tiny little flags. And then then the pitcher pitcher uses his ears to say okay. Oh yeah. 
And then I liked right. that home plate was a literal dinner plate complete with like a fork and knife and spoon. Oh, I didn't understand. <laughs> that was a nice that was a nice gag there. Other than that, a lot of it was very forgettable. It was just a bunch of gags that all kind of ran together. And it ended with Alice as the umpire making a bad call and everyone pelted her with fruit and booze. And we never saw her again. Yeah. <laughs> she and died under that. She was, that, was, that was her last that was her last screen appearance. She's like they chased her out of the movie industry. Yeah. Hashtag rip Alice. <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, this was a very weird series. But uh it is yeah. very weird. weird. It's a weird series. Yeah, I'm I'm glad yeah. that we covered it though, because it's still a very interesting in animation history. It's very uh Still historically significant. Yeah. I'm glad um you had us on because I wouldn't have watched these or at least not for a long time. So I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. No, this is one of those things where I probably wouldn't have watched it except for the fact that yeah. I'm trying to do more of the more interesting or obscure Disney history stuff. So it kind of gives me an excuse to make myself watch some of the stuff that you have to like actually seek out because it's not really easily available. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I had seen it, but it's always fun to revisit. Yeah. Plus, it's interesting to talk about them. Yeah. I was doing this very lame thing. I had this thing where I was watching every Disney thing in order, like yes. everything Disney ever made. So I, I've already seen these. That is a chore. It's it's very yeah. fun to do. I just I got bored in the forties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I got bored and like when all the animators are drafted and they just weren't funny anymore like those shorts and there's so mm. many of them Jenna is right about the cartoons from the 40s the 40s they got way worse and le- way less funny after the 1930s yeah it's, it's it just becomes a drag yeah. anyway but it, it's very fascinating to watch uh, the very early stuff like in order and seeing the progress of time Mm-hmm. And when you get to Snow White, you're you like you lose your mind. You're like, oh my god, this is, so <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. I'm glad I did that. It was a lot of fun, and it's always fun to revisit. And I liked seeing the ones I really liked again, like Wild West and Spooky Adventure. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been meaning to see the Alice comedy, just like Mark. Like I was going to eventually, but like this is a perfect excuse to like to see them all because I wanted to watch. I kind of want to do what Jenna did, which is watch all the things that Disney made in order. And mm. these, are the first things you, these are the first things you made. So now I'm thinking I'm going to watch a lot of Oswald Lucky Rabbit cartoons now. <laughs> because I'm oh, yeah. Thanks to this. We should do an episode on Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Let's do that sometime in the future. Yeah. Because that's something I should cover too. Yeah, I recommend doing that because you see... Do that soon because you see a lot of crossover over from Alice, Alice comedies. Anyway, so yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for joining all of you. This was a really good conversation. We'll have to make some plans to do Oswald too because I haven't seen much Oswald. I've seen a couple, I believe. There's some really good Oswald ones. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. if, if anybody has like favorite Oswald, like let me know and I'll put together a list of like the quintessential ones that we should talk about. I do. Okay. <laughs> I, I trust you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the ones that we talked about were 
ones that Jenna suggested that everybody else also suggested. So Jenna has a good knowledge of what's the good ones to talk about. All right. Well, thank you for having us on. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Do you guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you, Jenna? Oh, I'm, I'm Phantom Wise on YouTube. I don't put out anything. This is pretty much the only thing I do now. Hi. <laughs> okay and eli yeah i'm I'm mostly on twitter follow me at e 2014 where i talk all about disney and the entertainment industry and all kinds of stuff speaking out with my mutuals and but i but i also do have a blog where i go more in depth about entertainment history and that's e com. so you can follow me there too okay and mark uh, I have, uh, well, thanks for having, having me on, Jonathan. I have two blogs. I have the Animation Commendation, uh, which is an animation-themed blog with reviews and top 13 lists. And I do my own Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Animation Edition game show, which uh, Season 8 is currently going on right now with our host, Jonathan North, as one of the contestants this season. Oh. So check it out. And uh, I have another blog my live action disney project where i'm trying to watch and review every single theatrically released and disney plus released anime um live action disney film ever made that's purely disney not like marvel or star wars or anything or touchstone or anything like that i've been doing it for nine years and i still have more to go so oh my goodness (laughs) i'm so entertained by this project i'm gonna have to check it out (laughs) Yeah, please do. It's my my liveactionjustyproject.com. You're like, this is my life's work. <laughs> I've been yes. on a hiatus for like the past month or so due to a lot of stuff going on, but I'll be back soon. Well, I will have links to all available projects from everybody in the description. So thanks for joining me. We will have to do this again for Oswald at some point. So you can be on the lookout for that. Yay. We will see you soon. There you have it. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies Podcast Network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.